After 20 plus years of clinical practice and business coaching, after thousands of hours spent on doctoral research and interviews, Dr. Elizabeth Joy has concluded there are massive misconceptions about the world's elite. It's time to disrupt the archaic thinking surrounding professionalism and success, providing leaders with safe space to unpack the wins and woes. Now, let's join Dr. Joy for Disruptive Discourse. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Disruptive Discourse. Today's guest, Anne, I think you will be interested to hear from. She's another person I had the pleasure of coaching and had a pleasure of coaching her through a really rough patch. It'll be interesting to hear what she shares. She is a white female who... As a black person, I would say is wokeity woke, right? She's down for the peeps. She's Black Lives Matter, all all of it. Like it's just, she's just always been so committed and, and interested in being an ally, being a co-conspirator, all the stuff that we know some people are not really leaning into or maybe not that far, right? She's been down for it all. But interestingly with her, and, and I've had these conversations behind the scenes with, with some other folks, uh, who are Caucasian, who are supportive of of the idea of equality and uh, equity, there tends to be some unhealthiness that happens there. And um, there's just a lot to, to maneuver, right? So I'm really interested to hear what she's going to say. Really think you should stick in and stay tuned um, as we kind of listen to workplace uh, trauma stuff, DEI stuff, maneuvering self well-being, all the mix of it all. And again, just had a pleasure to see her come through it and work through those challenges. So let's see what she has to share. And think about what does it mean when you think as an individual not related to your career about uh, disrupting the definitions of success? Uh as an individual, as a human? Yes. Um, I think, uh, this is such a great question. So I I'm, I need a second because there's so many things coming at my brain at once. Mm-hmm. I think it's one that you asked me the question and I related it to my career. So I want like, that's a point like, that I thought about, like, oh gosh, yeah, I'm still identifying so wholly with this. Yeah, space. no, but I, yeah, I, yeah. I did ask about professionalism, yeah. which is career. Yeah. So that makes sense that you uh, there. Right. And so mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this question in this more holistic way is where I got to go deeper. I have to be like, oh, mm-hmm. personally, feelings, emotions. <laughs> <laughs> I think disrupting is acknowledging that I came here in a really holistic spiritual way internally, like to work on connecting to other folks and disrupting means not doing and going in the normal route Uh of, okay, well, we all do these types of things because this is how we have to respond to drama or harm or inequity, right? Like when I think about this, this means that I have to see myself as a whole human being, personal feelings, flaws, and look deeply and know that my issues of perfectionism, 
that I have to look internally instead of looking externally for validation and connection. And that also I can't, I don't, I can't follow the norms of, well, everybody does things this way in order to heal themselves, but I uh-huh. am a different person and I have a different experience and humans have a different, all different experiences, but my experience is unique to me. And I have to find the best way for me, not for uh-huh. the norm of how people heal or how people uh-huh. connect or how people have relationships, what works for me in the healthiest way. Yep. And just just and speak to folks who are like, you should be doing this or you should be doing that or you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that to heal or stay connected or be human. And that's very broad. But I think it's always like I wanted to save everyone else. I wanted to help everyone else. I'm a helper. Yes. And so Mm -hmm. as a helper saver, which is not reality, is basically I had to look deeper inside myself and be like, you need to help and save yourself. (laughs) Like you got to go inside. (laughs) And so with all that jibba jabba is, oh, you got to do it here. If you do it here, then just automatically connect to other people. You automatically feel empathy. You automatically know. You, you work towards that and not worry about the norms that everyone else yeah, and 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 I love what you brought up about just checking in on the tendency for us humans to immediately speak to whenever we talk about ourselves so often we talk about ourselves through the lens of who we are as a professional yeah even when the question wasn't asked yeah. right and so I, that's really one of the reasons why i started this podcast yeah. why the joy society exists why yes. i do a lot of the things that i do because you know we are i <laughs> With all due respect to all of my loving boomers of the world, right? Every generation has has its identity and has its value adds, and mm-hmm. and you know, and in honoring that, everything that is about the boomer way and the 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 tendency, mm-hmm. the definitions of what's right, the morals, the values, all of that, you know, is is what was right and what made sense for that generation and that yeah. time. But one of the things that I believe has been residue or has expired, I'll say, because I do believe there was a time when it made sense. And it's not now, but it was right that, you know, we, you know, business and personal is separate. And even in your personal world, we really don't don't do a lot of feelings type stuff. Yeah. Like it's. It's, you know, you know, it's just not a thing, thing we do. do. Right. And so we are still living in a world where the, 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 what we value in this world and what's highlighted in this world really starts with career, with professional related mm-hmm. concepts, with money, with all of that. And so to me, that's part of the movement that we are a part of and that we're starting and that we're furthering mm-hmm. is that we have to start to deconstruct this automated thought that when when it comes to thinking about who I am, I start with and sometimes start and end with who I am as a professional and I answer questions about myself through that lens. And so when I think about when I first met you, Mm. we met through a professional lens. There were 
the issue at hand was related to the perf- yes. issues related to workplace. Yes. And, and I've, I've had, had the, the pleasure of coaching, coaching you. And yes. that was, you, you summed it up. We had to, I challenged you to go inward and say, let's talk about how, because you were really good at identifying and you were accurate, like all of the workplace issues mm-hmm. that were true, right? That, yes. that were toxic, that right. were problematic. Yes. But my question to you was, and what about you, the human, the individual, mm-hmm. both contributes to this, if we're being honest? Yeah. And um, what about you and your journey, perhaps pieces of your journey you haven't addressed yet, is causing you to show up and listen and hear and see a certain way? And while there may be some problematic behaviors going on, some of it is the way you listen and the way you see. And show so yeah, yeah, that part. Mm, Go ahead. I okay. know you got stuff yes, to say. Yes, that's so beautiful. <laughs> so um, I think, especially in the in a helping field, there's lots of fields, but especially in the and I quote helping field because mm-hmm. that could be lots of things. Mm-hmm. What what you did was like we are all out. We're saving people. We're doing this good work. We're we're you know we we have an alignment with the mission and we've been doing this mission that we forget like i always thought oh it's those other really crusty people who've been there too long <laughs> and what you showed me was like you are probably you the are the crusty person you're the crusty person that might be there too long <laughs> and i was like oh son of right so it was like there, 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 this can be true. You can work in a really, in a space that's not healthy at all. And because mm-hmm. I haven't set healthy boundaries because I'm saving the world rather than looking <laughs> inward. And what, mm-hmm. what you did, the gut punch was like, oh, I've got to look at me. <laughs> this is not everybody else's fault. Because legitimately, right. yeah, I could use it. But like what you asked me to do, and this is coaching too, which has really turned into, oh, I have a much deeper. So what I think the duality of what you did, one was a gut punch of shaking loose the like, reality that I thought I was in. And I was not in mm-hmm. reality. I was really in a mental health crisis. So, mm-hmm. so we can say, hey, it was a toxic workspace, but I was actually in a deep mental health crisis that I had never. And I would say not but and. There but were two and. things. There were two, two things. Two valid things yes. going on. Two valid yes. things. Mm-hmm. But I'd never been in a mental health crisis before. I had no idea. Like I had been an avoidance person. I had been a just, we'll just skim the top level of stuff and we'll skid through. <laughs> right? Like I was just surviving. <laughs> but that was my mechanism. My What you helped me discover was you're actually just surviving. You're not thriving, right? In introducing mm-hmm. me to that concept. And oh boy, you've got a lot to look at before you can move into the next space or even think about like what, what, like I recognize you're going to need it. You might even need some outside, other outside help too. And that, yep, yep. that actually, that day that you said, as a clinician, I'm a coach and I'm a dang good coach. I don't know if I don't, I don't I'm going to cuss here. I'm sure, really go coach. for it. I'm a damn good coach. It, my co- the clinician in me is going to say you need to reach out for help now. Mm-hmm. And I did. And that mm-hmm. hour later, my whole life changed. And what you helped me work on was stop, stop being part of the toxicity. Whom mm-hmm. have you yeah. harmed? 
that you don't think because you're in this saving, helping job that you don't even realize that you're a part of the machine. What uh. is what is your what is your role in the butt end, right? Uh-huh. Or the dual duality. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. if you don't step into that space and start looking and healing and talking and feeling, you're going to find the next space is going to be just like that. And then everybody else is toxic in the next space. Oh, or, yeah. Like you, you asked, I had to slow down. And I took, I was able to take three months of mental like, like really take care of myself. And and I was in the fetal mm-hmm. position for that first month. I quit my job. I tried to, what we were, what I, what we worked on was, okay, on January, I'm going to do, I'm going to quit my job. And I just couldn't get to the space yet. It was almost like leaving in yeah. an abusive relationship, but that I was part of the abuse. So, so I, I want to be really clear about abusive relationships, somebody abusing someone mm-hmm. else. This was an abusive relationship with me and my identity and the job. I am mm-hmm. <laughs> not worthy internally of a space that gives me, that's supportive, that I can make a living, that I can go home at five, that I'm not ultimately <laughs> not killing me. You said this job is killing you. And I wasn't literally. able to leave, the literally, I wasn't able to leave the first time. But the second time when I was able to call, get help, talk to my primary care doctor, really break it down and, and say, no, I was relieved. Like I was able to take three months off of paid time off. Cause I never took time off and taking medical leave and just sit still. And this is in COVID and this is, I'm a 53 year old woman without a degree. And I did not care because I had to take care of myself. I'm like, I'll pour coffee. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> but I know you recognize and helped me work through, and I'm still working through it. There's no working through, right? Like it's always, it's a constant work, but you helped me say like, you're not going to be okay in this space and do this work. And you helped me through doing the work and seeing things in a different way. You always did that thing. Ultimately leading me and landing in a different space. And, and opening up an LLC in the midst of that. Like, <laughs> it's still amazing to me. And I kind of get the chills. Like, if we can be real. Of being so in such a dark, detrimental, fetal position, depression that I'd, n- I'd never experienced it. And I've had some shit go down. <laughs> like, I some shit. I have been through some shit. <laughs> Like we all have, not different, mm-hmm. not more. I thought look, I got through this. I ain't got nothing else to go through. <laughs> like this <laughs> was by oh, far. Life does have a way of letting us know it's not actually by far the worst thing that I had ever been through. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm the mother of a heroin addict, <laughs> right? So like. Put all these so things together. By the way, in recovery, we have to shout him out. Two years recovery. Two yes, years recovery. Yes, yes. Two years clean. An anomaly. I don't want to weigh those two things. Like, oh, this was worse. But like, yeah, and we like don't need worst. to. They like, both no, like, are for reals. Right. Yes. But that was to disconnect from my job, which was my identity, and take care of myself. Well, and that's one of the things, and I want to touch on a little bit and mm-hmm. call out here. I see this so much with, as you you mentioned, helping professionals yeah. and 
a double click on that. Folks working within uh, racial equity yeah. spaces, white folks, black mm. folks, whatever oh, yeah. ethnicity folks are, I have seen some of the most unhealthy realities alive and well because mm. what happens, and I saw this with you so much, is that you are fighting for, and even the concept of fighting for something that we're right. trying to right. have not <laughs> be violence, right? <laughs> violent is right. is in and of itself problematic. Right. But but, but so often <laughs> when folks are tied into something that is absolutely a worthy cause, it is something that absolutely needs to be addressed. Ideally, it's ended and eradicated. I see so often that folks become sick and often the facilitators of toxicity in their efforts to address toxicity coming from others. And so what I feel like was one of the things that was at the root of your challenge was that on one hand, I admired of all of the white people I know, you're one of the most bold, ferocious advocates, allies, co-conspirators I've ever met. And as a person of color, I am thankful for it. But I also said to you, as a person of color, it is not my desire that you be unwell right. so that somehow yeah. me and my peeps can be better. Like... That's, I mean, that's not the road. I just right? can't see how yeah. that's like that's getting not, us where we want right, to go. Like, right. so I remember that being my challenge yeah. to you. Like, okay, yes. how do we balance your efforts, right. your very critical efforts in a way that, because we also talked about not only is it making you unwell, I'm but you're negative. starting to model for your peers, um, some of the toxicity right. and the behaviors, because like if you're coming for people and you're saying, let's not, they should right, be right, doing right, that, right. but over, over here, yeah, like we're yeah. even saying, how does this make sense? And right. so it, there was a real, there was some, some conflict, some, some things about your reality that were just literally not matching, not aligning, no, not making no, sense. And no. I mean, we don't have time today to hit all of those. <laughs> And let's put some cherries and icing on top and say, you had some unhealed historical oh, personal yeah. realities that yeah. were affecting how you saw yourself, others in the world. Yep. And I don't know how much you would like to share no. with folks, but no, we yeah. talked about your childhood yeah. and some of those experiences. So share with me what you've learned about the intersection of some of those unresolved saw personal realities from even back to childhood and how that was showing up for you as an adult. Thank you for saying that. And mm -hmm. thank you for, for speaking that clearly. Cause I never, there were times that I could not even put that into words and still can't cause I'm still processing that. Thank you mm -hmm. for the words. And I think just to add to that is there are so many people who think they're fighting the good fight. I thought I was fighting the good mm -hmm. fight, but I was actually part of harm like very much and you but harm. but in all fairness you were you were fighting the good fight there were good things that were coming out of your efforts but, and some other stuff right <laughs> because of this other thing of like wow i'm connected to this passion so so i'm connected to this because 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 i worked in the field of sexual violence but we know that we shouldn't just be a one issue 
Like if we're really going to do the work, if we're going to do it in an intersectional mm-hmm. way. And that relates to my childhood. So, so to your mm-hmm. original question, that, that shift is, so I was adopted. Um, lots of people are adopted. Um, I was adopted into a family. Um, my parents adopted three out of four of us. It was like, it was like a zoo, like adopting dogs and cats. Like my parents were like, hey, there's another one. Right. And we, <laughs> and they were older. And so that's the thing that cracks me up is like, oh, but they're in their 38, 40 when they, like when I say older, like adopting me and Brandon, who was a hyperactive kid, like I had ADD, I was hyperactive. I was off, like I was off the wall. So like I came to imagine what it was like to, you know, I'm the fourth child being adopted. Um, my parents died younger-ish too. So I feel like maybe I kind of caused that. Contributed. Like, contributed to their early, because I was just not like the other kids. Like I was all over the place. I couldn't sit still. I had a learning disability. I just... You know, we talk about ADHD and we talk about neurodivergence and I still, it still impacts me today. Uh Um, So I was medicated at seven for ADHD. And back then it was, you know, think about this. Uh, Women and young girls have a hard time being diagnosed with Uh neurodivergence or ADHD now. Imagine the early seventies, uh-huh. right? So, like, I was talking about this. You were before. like a superstar qualifier. Yeah, I was like, she is bad. <laughs> <laughs> she is so bad. We need to drug that girl. <laughs> and it was experimental Ritalin. Um, and I pulled out my hair because of the. It makes you have ticks and just all kinds of stuff. Like, uh-huh. I took eight pills a day. Like, there was no time release, right? So, there's like drug this girl. Um, but I also feel like there's, there's a, there's harm in my home. So there's Uh harm within my home, within my family. Uh And some of those stories aren't mine to tell, but let's just say Uh I witnessed them. And I want to make sure Uh that, that someone tell, if, if, if family members want to tell that story, that is theirs to tell. So I can say that there Uh was harm in my home. Um, I can say I was assaulted, sexually assaulted at 14. Uh-huh. I was sexually assaulted again at 19. Uh-huh. Um, and I just, the impact of that, the impact of that, like changed me. It, uh-huh. it absolutely shut me down. So I'm already ADHD, wild, learning disability, feel like I'm kind of stupid, like completely stupid. I mean, you, I got put in the trailer. <laughs> like, and I'm not, uh-huh. like, and back then, like, I'm at a smaller school. When you're in the trailer, everybody knows you're in the trailer. You're like the trailer kid which is means actually a one-on-one learning experience, which was actually good. But like you are then labeled as the dumb kid. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, nowadays there's many more accommodations, but back then there weren't a whole lot of accommodations, but you know, it wasn't as if I couldn't learn. It's just the, the neurology of my brain, the neurodivergence, like there's certain things that just, it's the majority of things just didn't stick. Mm -hmm. And, and some things really do stick, but that trauma, the, the, I, I think the adoption, I think the separation between a, like a child that's, I think there's some energy there. I think there's some abandonment in that space. I don't no blame or shame, but like, I feel like innately there's an energy of abandonment. Sure. Right. So I think starting out, like I was just out the womb. <laughs> that was my bad. Effed up. <laughs> out the womb. I don't think from what, 
what I hear birth, you know, I don't think it's a great experience for anybody, <laughs> mom or kid, but I, you know, I feel like there's, there's some energy. I, I really do believe in the energy uh, in that space. Uh-huh. There are more harms, but like those central foundational harms um, shifted me. Uh, I, I really did think that since I got into the field of sexual violence, which was a the long story of how I got there is, you know, I could go into that. It just really depends. But just just that impact that working in sexual violence means that I've cleaned that all up. And mm-hmm. I hadn't. So I, had, yeah. I had to dial back and see how that played out in my relationships and stuff. So. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I, I thank you for sharing. Yeah. I appreciate you being transparent. Yeah. And I, I just want to say to the viewers, you know, we're all on our own journeys. I, Anne and I obviously mm-hmm. have a, a, a ongoing relationship. So we both have amazing sense, senses of yeah. humor, if it, <laughs> both been through a lot yeah. and we both have, have, have shared this journey enough to laugh yeah, about it. And I, yeah, I, I hope that folks don't yes, sorry. think that we're not taking these realities serious. But I do think it's a gift when you can get to a point where you can laugh at yourself. Um, it doesn't dishonor the reality yeah. of yourself or others. But, you know, I appreciate being able to laugh about how, how that you can laugh about how you've about seen killing my parents over the years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my parents are really good. <laughs> I'm sure they would say you mostly added joy to their life, but you know, I think that was, that was one of the things that came up even processing the abandonment of what any child would feel like, regardless of the reason that their parent wasn't around in the early years or ever. And so, you know, that was one of the things I got the pleasure of Mm -hmm. working with you on was how are the historical experiences affecting how you're showing up to things? Mm -hmm. Because there were times when either A, you were seeing or, or interpreting things that really, I'm not sure there's a lot there, but yeah. because of the unresolved, you're seeing it, yep. which we honor, but we also address to say, let me make sure I'm being accurate in my assessment. Right. There were also times where there was stuff going on and you added some stuff on top that yeah. maybe made it more than it was. Yeah. And then there was just times where there was stuff. And that there's I just, toxicity, there's mm-hmm. behaviors from folks in the workplace that were absolutely out of line, and it was mm-hmm. nothing about your past. It was just, this is That's, foul and this is horrible <laughs> and yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, so I appreciate you just sharing a little bit, because we could be here for hours yeah. Yeah. on that, but I think it's important, <laughs> you know, as folks think about who they are and where they're going, and again, the focus of this show and all the, anything I'm involved in is I'm a proponent of anyone who is prioritizing personal and professional development. So obviously you were crazy enough to uh, select me to guide you through that journey. And I got to tell you, I saw your true success evaluation scores today. And I was like, a proud mama. So let's talk about that. First of all, I'm going to ask you when you completed your assessment, and you saw your scores, what did you think? So I was rolling through there and I was like, dang, dang. And I really felt like, you know, how it's self-assessment. So, right. So there's Mm -hmm. this, you know, digging deeper. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. This feels, oh shit. I'm not drinking enough water. I'm not drinking any water. (laughs) No water in my system at all. I'm not exercising. I don't even see my fan. What? 
family questions. Oh, yeah. You know, like, so, so there was this like, oh yeah, good, good, good. Or not good or bad. Cause like judgment is not good, but like, Hey, I'm feeling this. I'm rolling with this. If I yeah. had to complete that. Feeling a year good about ago, your progress. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. If I had to complete that a year ago, it'd be more like this, you know, realm mm-hmm. three, two, three. <laughs> um, but like the, the, what struck me was like, Oh, <laughs> romantic relationships. What? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Is that hot. part of success? Is that? <laughs> does it have to do with anything? And it does, right? <laughs> um, but the, I know it sounds of all of those things. Uh, spiritual, financial, personal, family, career. The water thing messed me up. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds very little, but like, I was well, like. Well, and I, I think that's no one water. of the things we all have to work on. We it's always so, want to focus so on small. the thing that isn't right. Because you're talking about what you didn't see popping. And I was just like, oh, my God, I've been there for the journey. Yes. When I saw your top ratings, I was like, now that's what it looks like. No, it wasn't related to water because that, is, <laughs> that hasn't necessarily been a focus area. But, Anne, yeah. to have career, career be one of your higher rated spheres, stay focused, my my unmedicated ADHD good friend, um, <laughs> for career to be that high on your ratings, yeah. knowing your journey, yeah. right? Knowing mm-hmm. that you lived in absolute toxicity. Uh, that that others facilitated and you facilitated for so mm-hmm. long. Please tell me you paused for a moment I to did. own and I celebrate did. the fact that that was that came out so high in your ratings. I did. I did. I um I did. And here and I made a complete move. So I don't know if I just gap where I left off and 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 tell them about the journey where where I move where I'm at. But it but that space of where I'm at now and how I landed here and I had. I, I I saw it today in the trees on campus. I know that sounds mm-hmm. very weird, but the nature, just walking from campus and doing a training and walking back and seeing the beautiful oranges and the reds. And I work on a campus, which has been ultimately my dream mm-hmm. in the space that I wanted in the freedom that I need for the style or my professional needs. I can't be mm-hmm. buried behind a, a, a computer for nine or 10 hours. Right. It just reminded me today, the assessment and this, this nature, this, I'm in a beautiful space. It did. I have to say that, that it did when I was like, I can authentically say four to five, four to five, four to yes. five. And four you would have rated, five. let's say, what are we talking Two, two two and a half years? Not even that. I mean, okay. You're a year and a half, and a half ago. What would be your, what would have been your rating? Is there a zero? <laughs> I mean, I, I was technically unemployed. Um, and, but unemployed would have been a three compared to, you know. So right, like, right. Uh, um, I think realistically it would have been a one or a two. Yeah. A one or a two. Well, and I think, you know, your journey, and again, we don't have time to go into the depths of it, but <laughs> <Yeah>. your <laughs> The hot mess, that's of it. Your journey is really, I think, a beacon of hope uh, for folks to to know that you can be, and in your case, it was a combination of, and this is my point, the intersection of your unwellness emotionally and your unwellness within your career reality. Mm-hmm. 
it required you, and I think this is important because folks tend to want to like work on getting the career tight. Right. Uh, we'll make a move. We got to get out of this hellhole organization because they don't respect us. Right. And this is there's so much, which may all be true. Yes. But many of the times I see this with my coaching clients, all with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's stuff there, but you're not going to be able to elevate out of that until you elevate within yourself. Right. And so that's really, to me, what this story that you're sharing today is all about is okay, these two areas of life are clearly related because all of them are. And in order for me to deal with this one, I got to go over here. And for you, you weren't excited. You were not excited to lean in, get the mirror out and see what type of hot mess this was in there that that needs to be addressed in order for you to elevate, to have that drastic of a change in your career rating required you to have that drastic of a change in your personal, emotional, Mm -hmm. spiritual rating. Mm -hmm. And and here's the thing is, I didn't have to recount all my trauma in order to heal from it. Right. So I went, when we say do the hard work, yes, there's hard work there. And you, we did, we rolled through it. It -hmm. didn't mean to Mm -hmm. recount every single thing. And I think that's Mm -hmm. where I sometimes had got stuck previously, which I mm-hmm. thought healing meant that I have to recount every terrible thing that happened to me and relive it. Yeah, no. And that's not what you taught me was that's not where we're headed. If you do need to revisit something because it gives you a certain, you know, like following because the it's triggering, because it's triggering, yeah, then really that is something. Yeah. I thought healing meant going through everything that ever happened and reliving it and talking it out of your body, which is not. Not, that's not what the path was. Some of us ain't got, got enough time for that because we ain't been nobody got it. That, that <laughs> like, right? I don't have enough time. Too much stuff, right? <laughs> so what you helped me focus with, because you know, here's the thing: is you had to do dual roles here. You had to yeah. do a lot of dual roles with me. You're like, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta be magic. I mean, I gotta be everybody for Ann Brandon. <laughs> I gotta be a clinician. <laughs> I gotta be coach. Like, and but it helped me because I couldn't align the goals that I wanted as far as, right. What you're saying is the trajectory, the, the uplift mm-hmm. until I did look at these things and what it gave me was surrender. What the ultimate key to moving forward was mm-hmm. surrender the old surrender, this mm-hmm. identity and make room for something else to come in while you're healing. And my healing, I'm going to be honest, was sitting in front of Netflix for about eight hours a day. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like it was, I well, was, that was part of it. I don't want to give no, anyone right. the illusion Nobody that Netflix say, will, get right. Because right. you did a lot of work before I did work. you did eight hours a day at Netflix. But there were, you know, sometime I did, I had to do eight hours mm-hmm. at Netflix. Mm-hmm. So, right. That's not healing. But, but it was, it was the writing. It was the journaling. It was thinking through. It was the being aware. The awareness. Willing, the willing to be, the be on medication will, at least for a time. Absolutely. I had mm-hmm. to be like, okay, mm-hmm. this is, this is going to bump me up because I had a lot of like, incorrect notions mm-hmm. of antidepressants or anti-anxiety or medications that were mm-hmm. from old patterns or old thought beliefs of that. Mm-hmm. So yes. So that may or may not be in people's realms, but that did help like, Oh, okay. This is okay. And, and it was just my own stuff. So yes. Mm-hmm. So that, that very much helped. Um, 
but the but but what you're saying is kind of like the surrender for me was I will be okay. It, I can't stay in this space. I have to release and surrender this old identity, career, love, what these things in order to open my heart and move towards this newness, this 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 thing that I've always wanted to do and be. Uh -huh. And the surrender for me was the key. I'm going to surrender the things that I cannot control, which is my son's addiction. I'm uh -huh. going to surrender. That's a big one. We have a whole other thing. I'm going to surrender right. who I am without being a passionate advocate for anti-violence. Uh -huh. I will surrender because I know that when I connect to my true and authentic self, and get out of, you know, that I know that I will, there, there will be the light of the next step. The next step will be lit. I don't need to know the whole thing. I just need to know you do that. Not. Next Absolutely. Step. I just need to know that. And my thought and belief and the, and the things that you asked me was like, here's the saying, like, you know, I created that saying. It was kind of long, but it was very much, you know, like, I am not these things thoughts. I like, I, mm -hmm. I am this and I just need this next step lit and the next step led to the next step that led to the next step. And all of a sudden I'm opening up an LLC and you're like, Hey, what are you doing on the website? You got website ready yes. yet? You got your website and, ready and, yet? And I you developed a website along the way, but what? you kept pushing. Yeah. And remember you sputtered and I'm like, you're overthinking it, ma'am. Can just, we just do the next step? Man. And you, because <laughs> I have to have a you want to know what we're going to do in a five-year plan. I'm like, yep. can you just get the LLC filed? Okay. I am on a five-year plan. <laughs> that helped because I, because I was moving out of the fetal position mm -hmm. and the surrender and the work and the awareness and the reminders, because I had, I thought, I know Eckhart Tolle, I know the four <laughs> agreements, I know all of these masters of consciousness. Spiritual well-being. Yeah. Oh, this, mm -hmm. I know these things. I've healed, but I hadn't, you know, knowing. Yeah, you knew the logic of I it, knew, but you hadn't really. I was the like, buzzword. Allowed it to come through your veins. Absolutely. I was the walking buzzword. Of, yes. Of you, you were able to recount quite a bit. Yes. Now, and what I want to also point out, uh, and I feel like I have to celebrate for you because you still are working on being able to own all of the awesomeness, but in the midst of conquering and making major progress on your emotional reality, which then uh, helped you to really show up to your career differently, you, ma'am, quit smoking. Oh, shit. Yes. Right. <laughs> that Why are you over here talking about the water you don't drink? Your physical health is a million times better than it was a few years ago. It's so so yeah. how, which, how many days or years now are um, you? 10 days ago was two years. Yes. And you smoked for how long before? Uh, 35 years. Like 35 years. Yeah. Wowzers. Yeah. Wowzers. I, yes. I thank you. I'm so, that's so funny because I just don't yeah, think about Yeah, you're still it. learning how to celebrate and keep yeah. top of mind all of your wins. I'm, I'm here to remind yeah, you. Thank you. Yes. Um, I forget about it because I just don't think about it anymore outside of like an anniversary, mm -hmm. which is cool because mm 
when you have an addiction, which was ten days ago, so it should still be top of mind. But anyway, yeah, thank you. you. Share a little bit about that journey, how hard it was, how you found your way. So I, um, this is people are gonna get pissed, but I don't care. I literally just dropped it, and I didn't have a plan. There was no weeding down. Because when I just, those plans don't work for me. I tried weeding down before. I tried these things before. I've tried Mm -hmm. this. And it was just one day I was like, I had a friend come to visit. And he was a non-smoker. He wouldn't have like minded if I was going to go outside and smoke. But I was just like, man, you know what? I don't want to like take time away from my friend who's visiting to go outside and smoke a cigarette and come back in all smelly, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I had just run out of cigarettes too. And I was like, eh, why don't you take it day by day? Why don't you just, eh, don't go buy cigarettes. And it just, add, it just kept adding up and it just kept adding up and it just kept adding up. And all of a sudden I was like three months in, four months in, five mm-hmm. months in. And I just stopped thinking about it. Now I bought a little vape. So it was like a gas station vape and I would bring it to events like, you know, sitting out at campfire, drinking wine and all my friends are smoking. I'll have a little hit of this vape, but I didn't use it. I actually still have the same vape gas station vape uh-huh. from two years ago. I found it in my drawer the other day. It, And I'm not saying that this is easy. I don't want to, like, for me, though, it was easy once I just surrendered it and said, mm, mm. I said some prayers around it, too. So I'm going to be honest with, like, I was like, please help me take this addiction. Well, I think, too, too like, at that point, you had done so much work emotionally so this is another point that you know it's important for viewers to understand Mm -hmm. so often folks are trying to eliminate a behavior without getting to some of the root stuff so i don't think you just cold turkey quit because i think really what was happening whether you realize it or not you were doing the work because a lot of the anxiety and worry that you were dealing with that you ultimately began to address is what was behind you needing to smoke all the time. And so those two tied together. So again, this yeah. is another example of the intersection of yeah. this success fear of physical well-being and the emotional well-being and how leveling up in the in the lane that we tend to ever nearly everyone wants to ignore that lane. Leveling up in that one often results in increased uh, outcomes in other areas. Right. In your case, physical health. So I want you to remember that, ma'am, Thank as you. you continue to judge yourself for how much water you <laughs> I have. Know, or I was have like, not dang, had, I need to drink more water. Or whether or not you're munching on some brownies after this. Oh, or whatever I your will thing be. is. I love food. Food tastes so good right now. <laughs> it is so good. It is so good. Um, thank you. And I thanks for reminding me. And I and, and I loved to smoke. And I still, I like the smell of it. I'm not like anti-smoker, Anne. It's not good. It's, you're not going to last, you know, like my dad <laughs> died of lung cancer. That didn't make me stop smoking. If somebody yeah. told me, like, you should quit smoking. Oh, thank you. Thanks a fucking lot. Like, oh, since you just told me, <laughs> my nicotine addiction for 35 years is gone. No. Yep. yep it's yep. good advice. I understand people care about other people. Yes. But, like, I would just... Uh, the, the space that that took, the bondage that you are, you are bondaged to mm-hmm. smoking. And I say that mm-hmm. in a way that I was everywhere I went, I was like, where am I going to be able to smoke? Every space that I went to, I'm going to search out where I can go outside and smoke where people mm-hmm. would see me. And it's like, that is gone. That weight of that, of that addiction is gone. And it feels so much better. 
It does. Well, I'm very happy for you. We're going to wrap up shortly. But what I want to ask before we go is, what's your definition of success today? And I'm assuming it's different from even a year ago or so. But tell me now versus before. Definition of success. My definition of success is that every every event, conversation, incident, connection that I encounter throughout my day, that I can do it with with grace and authenticity and and expression and uh, like like that I can feel something for real. I'm not talking about like I can go through my day like you know some Disney princess. No, like that's not what I'm saying (laughs) is that I can show up. And if something doesn't sit right, I look internally instead of thinking externally, how can I bring authenticity and joy to this space? Mm. How can I, if something affects me, look at it and say, not why me, but why and what lesson is this? That when I say success is that I can meet, myself in these spaces and be more aware and that I am full of, of joy. Like then not everything's joyful. Uh-huh. Dr. Joy. Not everything's joyful, <laughs> but I can still show up with gratitude and joy. And it sounds like a cliche and it sounds so, Oh, it, it sounds it, like you've been coached by Dr. Joy is what it sounds like. <laughs> what it sounds like that I can meet the day no matter what happens, that what is this about? That I look deeper but I look deeper into the experience that something's not happening to me. Mm-hmm. I don't like the thing happening for me either because mm-hmm. there's some shitty shit that happens, but that I can be still and be more aware in how I react to the situation. I love it. And it, it lets, lets me know you were listening. Some of those times I felt like I might have been talking to myself. I just wrote that. I need to write this down. This is recorded, right? Cause I'll be like tomorrow. What did I say? I'll be like at a stoplight. Yeah, like, <laughs> so tell us what was your definition a year and a half, two years ago? Survive. Get certain mm. just like, I don't even, what success, probably what I thought success was looked more like survival. And I say, and I say that like success was a check, a paycheck or success was being seen as a leader. Success was, you know, like how I change systems, not how I. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like myself. part of your success yeah. back then was how did, did I change I had a, Did I take advantage of a great opportunity to take someone's life who was acting racist? <laughs> Even if it makes me highly unhealthy. <laughs> I did, wasn't following Dr. Yeah. King violence. No, yeah. But like that, <laughs> that did, I got off the track there. Um, but success meant like, how did I change systems? How did I make an impact? How did I, and I, be- mm-hmm. I believe that too, but like, you have to do it here. You know how mm-hmm. people want to pro- like evangelize everything. Mm-hmm. Like when you get a mm-hmm. little piece of information, like, oh, I got to go out and tell everybody this and maybe they'll change <laughs> the lives, right? No, <laughs> shut the fuck up and look inside. <laughs> because That's what people sad. experience when they're around me lets them be who they are. Mm. I don't need to speak it. I don't all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't need to change people. I just need to, if I can, if I can 
And like that year ago, I thought it was changing the system. Now I know it's changing me. And I know it sounds like a meme, but it no, really that's, is. That's the real. Be it is. Right. If, I, if somebody can be feel, I want people mm-hmm. to feel empowered to be themselves around me and give them the space they need to heal. Well, I, I'm, I can't, I will never be able to express enough how much of an honor it has been mm-hmm. For me to, for you to have trusted me years ago to lead you uh, on a journey that uh, at times was down roads you didn't want to go on. (laughs) Not at all. Uh, At times it was telling you to shut the F up and be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Which not too many people And um, it's the greatest pleasure to to actually witness someone literally elevate. Mm. And it's also a pleasure that I see you owning your awesomeness while you're learning and growing in other ways, mm-hmm. because we don't arrive as you've, you've you come never. to learn. So, and thank you so much for being willing to not only share with me today, but share with the world. As you know, this is my lifelong dream to yeah. be a light to the world and bring others along to help do that. So thank you so much for your willingness to come and be your authentic self with us today. I just, can I, if I can just say this, thank you again for having me. I know that our paths were aligned. Like I know mm-hmm. that this alignment, we didn't just bump into each other in a meeting for no reason. And you changed my life, right? You helped me. I would. I don't know if I ever would have seen that. I think it would have taken 20 years to unpack what I was able to unpack in heal. And so I thank you. I have gratitude for you. And I am so grateful to be in this space. Well, thank you. And I will be sticking around to cheer you on for the, all of the additional elevation. I got you. Um, and again, thank you for just being you. You got it. Oh, all right. All right. All right, man. I'm just reminded of what a joy it is to to be able to support people through heavy stuff and then see them not only in the near end of that supportive coaching relationship, but get to see them later on Um, and just to see that folks are remembering the things that they learn. So, you know, I I think this this stuff that that Anne shared is so critical. I think one of the big ahas with this, you know, when we think about toxic workplaces, certainly, right? There's hot stuff going on in the workplace and and we're quick to point that out. But I really appreciated both in and sharing with you all in this interview and and we really within our work. And and I had to like challenge her to say, hey, listen, yeah, there's some stuff there, but, but are you seeing how you are contributing and bringing some funk to this toxicity that that you're dealing with and you know we talked about this idea of a domestic violence relationship with your workplace and you know again when i say that people kind of get a lot of like because listen domestic violence is serious but it's also something that's assumed to only be physical right and people don't think of it in a non like romantic relationship but if you look at the cycle of violence in, and you can Google that cycle of violence in, in a domestic violence relationship. It's this honeymoon and then tension phase and then explosion, then honeymoon, tension, explosion. And, and Anne really described that in this interview. And I saw it so much in coaching her where, you know, things are going great in the workplace. You're doing great things. You're enjoying what you're doing. Everything's great. 
then things kind of get a little uh with either your boss or your coworkers or whatever. And then boom, the explosion happens. People are going off or whatever's going on, right? And then it calms back down. Sometimes it's that you're offered a raise or you're just given like all of this public love and appreciation. So now you feel better and then you just keep going in the cycle. Um, so I just think, you know, for there's a lot of folks that are stuck, although I... You know, I know it's a struggle for corporations these days with the great resignation, but honey, we can't keep just sticking around, right? If you are working somewhere and it's a hot mess in there, you know, please think about making some moves. But before you do, and again, I think this is why this interview is so critical, ask yourself, are you a contributor? Because as we discussed with Anne, she was poised. We work, man, I'm working. We got the plan, right? And she had the notice ready, right? Next session, she didn't, she didn't put it in, right? And so working through how does, everybody said, oh, I don't like drama. I like things to be simple. I don't want to be in the middle of no mess. But if that were the case, we wouldn't have all these shows that just completely uh, capitalize on and focus on drama, drama, drama. That's because a lot of folks like drama. I'm not judging. It's cool. All I'm saying is you got to be willing, if you're in that space where you want to grow professionally and or personally, you got to be willing to ask yourself the tough question. And that was one of the things we worked through in our time together uh, coaching Anne was, what's, what is it about this mess that keeps bringing you back? Because you say you hating it, but honey girl, you, you could have been left, right? And so a lot of times, whether it's a workplace or even with our boo, you know, or a family member, we're stuck. We're still there swearing to God, all quick to list all their stuff, all that's wrong with them. But, but you got to ask yourself, but why are you still there? Okay. So it could be true. All that you're saying could be true about them. But the question is, why are you still there? And again, for a lot of us, there's something in us that really enjoys that back and forth that happens, right? And so that's something you got to break through if you want to level up. So if you're one of those people who is have been in a dating relationship or work relationship or family relationship, friendship, and if I met you tomorrow, you could tell me two hours worth of content of the other person and how they're this and they're that, blah, right? But you're still there. And you're at that point where you're really wanting better, right? I'm going to ask you to just sit down, be quiet with yourself. Ask yourself, why? Why are you still here? And what would you have to give up? Because you got to give up something, right? To, to disrupt that and do something different. So I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this interview as all of the others. Anne, by the way, is a member of Joy Society. So if you're all about that community life, one of the things that, that Anne has shared is that even when she's really busy, the things that she enjoys about our community is that she can just scroll the content in there and it's not your everyday social media. There's absolutely no opinion stuff in there. There's no back and forth. There's no news. There's no none of that. It's just all good vibes growing and all of that. So come hang out with us. Join us in Joy Society at joysociety.com if you'd like to commune, coach, be in that group space if that's your thing. Um, always subscribe to this content so you can be in the loop all of our interviews are certainly have that same theme behind them, but everybody's unique and, and they all offer different gems and lessons we can learn from. And of course, connect with us on social media. Until then, we'll see you in the next episode.